We thank you for this opportunity to be here in your presence, in your anointing. Father, I look to you for answers, for help, for the starting to get to the end. For the beginning to get to the finish line. Whatever it takes, Father, to help us to see what's going to help put us over, Father. To make the changes that we need to have victory in our lives. Father, I ask you for revelation, for hope where there was no hope. For light where there was no light. For joy where there was no joy. And for peace and victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you can be seated. Thank you, Lord. Well, I haven't been here with you guys to speak for a very, very, very long time. Dave said y'all were trouble, so I thought I'd better come straighten y'all out. No, he didn't say that. No, I'm just joking, just joking. I just wanted to come and love on y'all just a little bit because, like I said, I haven't been here for a little while. So I thought it would be really, really good. And I didn't share with Dave anything about what I was going to talk about. But, you know, it is the season, you know. So uh, I thought... um, We would talk some more. How many of you were able to be here the last time I spoke on a Friday night a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. Glory to God. How many of you still remember some of the things that we talked about? Good. Because I can't do it all over again because, you know, I'd be Keith. No, you know, that's what Brother Hagin taught us. You know, you learn by repetition. And we can repeat some of the things he says Today, because he kept repeating it, and that's how it got into us, is by repetition. You know, you don't get it the first time. And if you do, it's just in your head. It's not in your heart. You know, it takes getting it over and over and over and over and over again to get it down into your heart. You may hear it with your head, but that doesn't mean that you got it in your heart. And uh, I don't want it just in my head. I want it in my heart. Am I too high? Turn it, turn it down, Dave said. He was taking care of it. I was hot. Yeah, I am hot. Are y'all hot? Yes, everybody's saying yes. All the ladies said yes. Yes. Anyways, that was a joke for those of you who didn't get it. All right, so tonight we'll start, and uh, I'll read some verses, and um, you guys can look at it on the screen or you can get your Bibles out or you can do it however you like to do it. But, you know, sometimes you can read so much, you know, in your Bibles that you don't get the, the spirit of what's being said. But sometimes it's good to mark it, too. So you you be led about what strikes you as we're going. You know, I can't see any of you guys in the back. Y'all want to come down here where I can see your faces? Because we're going to do something in just a minute. That I'm gonna wish I could have seen your face. If you don't want to, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna break your arm or, or step on your foot or anything. But I just, I don't get to see you that often. You know? So, uh, I, I just, I just like to see you. You know? You can have my seat if you want it. Come on down. I'm not gonna be using it. Come on down. Yeah. 
Come on down and join us. The water is fine down here at the front. Yeah, come on down here. Anyway, how many of you know what John 3.16 says? Let's put it up there on the screen in the King James. Dave was already quoting it partially. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever does what? Whosoever does what? Say that word with me. Now, y'all know how I do. I'll just stop till y'all join me. Okay, so so whosoever does what? Believes. Whosoever believes will not do what? Will not perish. And I was reading that because I thought, like, Dave, it's Christmas season, and God so loved the world that he gave. He gave us the greatest thing that he could give. And he doesn't ever do anything halfway. When he does something, he does it completely. And like you said, nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. You're not going to be missing anything when God does it for you. There's going to be an overflowing, overabundance, net breaking, ship sinking, cup overflowing, whatever, when God does it. So I read this and it just caught my eye like I had never read it before. Put the scripture back up there again. If you want to, look at it in your Bible. Whosoever believeth him should not, what? Perish. Perish. And I thought, perish. Do you know what perish means? Suffer destruction. It does mean to die. Yes, it means to die. You already know it means to die, but it also means to suffer destruction. It also means to be destroyed. There's a lot of people in their lives that are suffering destruction in their bodies. There's a lot of people that are suffering destruction in their marriages. There's a lot of people that are suffering destruction in their finances. There's a lot of people that are suffering destruction with their kids. But what did it say you had to do? You have to believe. Now, how many of you remember the story that I told about my finger? I remembered another story about that sort of thing. wasn't about me. It was about Keith and I had first started out in the ministry. And we were traveling, and it was when I was going with Keith all the time. So I was there. And he was speaking, and we were sitting like right here on the front row. And this was like the pastor's wife, and this was me. Okay? And this was like their daughter-in-law and son-in-law. Right here where Danny's sitting. Okay? And they were all here on the front row. And Keith is talking about healing, which is what he did a lot. He taught it all week long, and then he would go out on the weekends and teach it. He's taught a lot about healing through the years. But I would still get sick. He would never get sick, but I would get sick. Get a clue, Phyllis. (laughs) This is what I'm talking about. Listen to me carefully.
This girl was on the front row right there. She was their daughter-in-law. She was raised a different denomination. They were talking about healing. They believed in healing. That's why they wanted Keith there. They wanted, to, he, they wanted him to teach about healing to their church. They had a big church. Keith was talking about people like me who refused to give God a chance to even try to give God a chance to even open the door a crack. To give God a chance to even think that he might heal them. To, what's that word? Believe. Believe for healing. And the pastor's wife leaned over to me and she said, that's where our daughter-in-law is right now. And they, that's all she said during the service. But later we found out she was having severe asthma attacks. And they told her, they said, at least try maybe to cut back on your inhaler. At least try to get in faith about this. And she refused. She did not want to even look at the scripture about believing. She did not want to consider that God would heal her. She did not want to... uh, Let's see the word that I'm looking for here. Trust God that he was her healer. That he had died on the cross and taken stripes like we saw Mm -hmm. to heal her. Mm -hmm. Just like me. Because of the way I was raised, I didn't believe in that kind of stuff. You heard that word? Mm -hmm. I didn't believe in that kind of stuff. At some point in your life, you've got to make a choice. And you've got to decide which you believe. Do you believe? Let's read them again. Isaiah 53, 5. Then we'll come back to that. How many of you saw the video that we showed? Okay. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we were what? Healed. Healed. First Peter 2.24. New Testament, in case you have a, something wrong with the old. Um, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. And then Matthew 8, 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bear our Now I want to, I want a show of hands. How many of you in here know someone that you just can't get it through to them about believing God? 
So how do we do that? How do we get it through to them about believing God, that He is our healer, and that He'll heal them? One of the very first ways is by you being healed yourself. The very first way is by them seeing you when everybody else around. How many did they say had the flu right now? How many did they say had that virus? How many did they say had all this other stuff that's going on? But they see you. Day after 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 day. Never missing work. Never needing anything. Never having to do anything. They're going to eventually come to you and ask you. You know how I know? Because it happens with us. What about? What about? What about? That's when your door opens wide open. How, how do, do you just gradually start telling? You lay your hands on your child. You pray over them. Then they begin to see little small things happening in their lives. But we've got to ourselves begin to step it up a notch, don't you think? We talked about it a few weeks ago, how many people... We're sick. I won't make you do it again tonight after I just said that. But how many people in the churches had some kind of symptom in their body? And most every person can raise their hand, me included. And, and we said the devil didn't have to look very far how to get us down. So we've got to step it up a few notches to be able to kick him out. So that we can get other people healed. And I think Brother Hagen used to say this. Healing is the dinner bell to salvation. He used to say healing, getting people healed will get people saved. If you get them healed, they'll want what God has for them. And so if we can be healed, then we can get other people healed. The body, we are the light of the world. And if we can get people, if we can be healed and then get others healed, we can bring this thing to a closure and here we are. How many of you think Jesus is coming soon? Yeah, so we need to get these people healed so they can get saved so they don't have to go to hell. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. So let's get healed so we can get them healed so we can go on, okay? When Keith was teaching in healing school, Brother Hagen said the Lord dealt with him about this. He said, he called Keith this, and I didn't understand it. I, you know, I had just gotten saved not long after we, not long before we went to Ramah. So I was just barely, barely saved when all this stuff was going on. So I didn't trust what I got too much. Now I look back and realize it was correct, but I didn't trust it a whole lot then. But Brother Hagen called Keith a divine healing technician. And I thought, what in the world is that? He's teaching healing school. What in the world is that? But then one time he explained it to the crowd. He said, what I mean by that is, he said, just like you go to a medical doctor 
and you sit before him and you tell him your symptoms and he does things and he diagnoses your case and tells you what's wrong with it and he prescribes things for you. A medical doctor. He said, these people, Miss Peggy and Keith, at the time, they were the ones, are divine healing technicians. Now, they don't diagnose you naturally, but they diagnose you spiritually. Now, by that, he meant, when people came into healing school, they would have things wrong with them. And sometimes you would know right away. And sometimes it would take a week. And sometimes it would take a month. And sometimes it would take longer. But they would eventually know exactly what was going on with that person. I remember, and you'll remember the story, Keith telling the story about this young couple that came in there. And they had a little baby. And Keith went to lay hands on them. And what did the Lord say? Don't lay hands on them because it won't do any good. Don't lay hands on that baby because it won't do any good. Why won't it do any good, Lord? You can heal him. He can be healed when he leaves here. But as soon as he gets home, it's going to come right back on him because there's so much strife in that household. And until they get that strife fixed, his healing is not going to be fixed. Now, that's called diagnosing the case. Diagnosing the case. Now, I remember another guy. My mom and dad owned jewelry stores my whole life. Well, I won't say my whole life, but the last, oh, a long time. I'm I'm just going to say a long time in my life. And so I knew a little bit about that. So Keith knew a little bit about it because he hung around me from the time we was wet in diapers almost. (laughs) And not really, but teenagers. And... So he'd hang out at the jewelry store with me, and I'd work there every Christmas, and he began to know some things. So he was talking. This guy came to healing school, and um, he was there, and he was really not doing well, and he'd get better. And Keith said he was just the nicest, kindest man. He said he just couldn't. He, he said I'd, I'd get around him, and I'd try to figure out the, the cause of some of this. And, and uh, he said I just couldn't get it couldn't get it because he just seemed to be the nicest man you know and he said one day I got to talking about jewelry stores with him talking about Phyllis's mom and dad he'll say and he said we were standing there and he said all of a sudden I saw it he said he got so mad about people not paying their bills and robbing him blind and just was carrying so much bitterness in his heart But he was ready to leave there and go kill somebody over it. Bitterness in his heart. Now, God wants to heal us all. And he's done it many a times to a bunch of us. But if we keep going back 
and doing the same thing that caused us to get sick to begin with. You got to sometime, you got to close the doors. And the only reason, it's not that God's making you sick, is that your heart is condemning you mm-hmm. and the door flings wide open to That's things. Exactly right. yes, and then what happens is, put that word back up there, John 3.16. Can we find John 3.16? I know it's in the Bible. He that does what? Whosoever. Say that word with me. Whosoever what? Whosoever what? Every person in here say that word. Whosoever. 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 Sarah Soda say it. Whosoever. Believes. Won't perish. But what happens is. When you open that door again and you get back into those things, you choose not to do what? Believe. Because you're too embarrassed to go back to the Lord about it. Now, the Lord wants you well. That's right. And here's the thing. He already knows what's going on. And he doesn't, he doesn't hold anything against you. He just needs you to believe. He can't make you take something. Brother Hagin tells another story, and most of you know it. He went to see a friend of his, and he was dying in the hospital. And... He said while he was in there with him, see if I can get the story right. Somebody help me with it if I get it wrong. While he was in there with him, he was laying in the bed, and he heard sandal feet coming in the room. And he just saw the feet, and it was sandals. He said he kind of woke up. I think he was asleep, and he kind of woke up. And he said he just knew it was Jesus that had come in there to heal this man. And he said, I told him. Jesus is here to heal you. Get up and receive it. And the guy said, I can't. I just can't. I'm not worthy. I, I can't receive that from him. And he said, Jesus walked over even closer to him and said, just take it. He reached out his hands and he said, just take it, receive it. And Brother Hagin said, he's really, he's standing right there in front of you. Just take it. And he said, I I just can't. And he said, the man just fell down and collapsed when Jesus wasn't just inches from him. What was going on? He refused to believe. Now, was Jesus holding anything back from him? No. Jesus wants us to have it. You remember, I gave those gifts the last time I did it. And people took them real quickly. 
That's how Jesus is with us. And Christmas is coming up, and a lot of you will get gifts. Most everybody will get some kind of gift. But you have to receive it. And the things of God, He'll, it's, it's the funniest thing. He'll stand right on top of you and He'll try to put it in you. But He can't. I mean, He'll try to pound it in you, but He can't. You have to open up your heart. Because it doesn't go through your head. It goes through here. And you have to believe and open up yourself and let him see you. And that's where the problem comes in. Because people want things from God, but they don't want him to see them. But guess what? He already sees you. You can't hide from him. Like he says, you can go on the farthest island in the whole world and hide behind a tree. And he's going to go, hey there, what you doing? So you might as well. And the reason I'm talking to you about this, because I think it's vitally important that we be healed so we can ring that dinner bell so that we can get other people healed. How many of you are interested? Oh, I'm so interested. I don't want to be another day of any symptoms in my body. Can you even remember what it felt like to be totally well and wake up and not have any symptoms in your body? It feels good. Yeah, it feels good. So, I want us to do something. Let's see if I've got another. Yeah. Okay, let me read this verse and then we'll do it. So ushers can get ready because I'm going to read this verse. Then we're going to do it. Romans 12, 3. It says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man among you, not to think more highly than he ought to think. In other words, you can't heal yourself no matter how much you try. But to think soberly, as according to... As God has dealt to every man, what? The measure of faith. So that means everybody in here, look at your neighbor and say, you have a measure of faith. You got some faith. Whether you feel like it or not, you got some faith. Whether the devil tells you you don't or not, you have some faith. So everybody in here say, I got, faith. I got faith. Everybody in here does. So don't let the devil tell you you don't. Okay, so ushers get ready. Go ahead and do what you're supposed to do. Everybody's going to think it's the weirdest thing. Dave said this. Dave guessed a hundred things and it wasn't right. <laughs> well, no, he only guessed three. Two, three, two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's do it. Let's do it. And everybody just hold on to him. Hold on to him. Don't be picky. Just grab one. We got to, we got stuff to do. Don't be picky. Just hand them out. Just hand them out. Just hand them out. 
Yeah, no, we won't throw them. Hey, everybody get a red one, though. No green ones. Everybody a red one. If you got a green one, get a swap. Here, I've got some red ones up here. I'll help you out. I thought I told them all red, but somehow they got mixed. There you go. You can have it. I'll sew it into you. There's only three green. I just meant in the basket. Sorry. I didn't communicate properly. Properly. My communication skills are getting better all the time. Y'all all all got one? No? Y'all don't got one? Here, let me help you out. I got some apples right here. Don't get that one. It's on the floor. Don't get it. Don't don't mix it with the others. Just leave it down. There you go. Y'all all got one? Okay. Who doesn't have one? Those guys back there? If you run out, I've got more up here. Sarasota, put Sarasota on the screen. If we can. Y'all got apples? Everybody got apples? Nobody has a worm in it, right? (laughs) Okay. Now, before we do this, I'm going to tell you, I can't do it, and I think you know why. But um, if you can't do it, I understand. I won't hold it against you, you know. But um, um, we're all going to... I want everybody to take a bite out of this apple. And if you can't do it, I can't. I told you already with my mouth, with all the stuff I've had done, I cannot. But I want everybody to take a bite out of the apple, if you can do it. And then I want us to look around. I want us to look around. And I want us to see. Okay, let's hold this one up. Look at the size of his bite. Can you see that on the camera? Zoom in. Zoom in. Put, put it on the screen up here so everybody can see. Change screens. You see it? Okay. All right. Let's see. Let's get another one. Let's get this one right here. All right. All right. Let's, let's see. Let's get, let's get this one. Let's look at this one. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Okay, let's go over here. I see one I'm I'm looking for. Let's look at this one right here. Can you see me? You see that? Okay. Look at this one right here. Do y'all see what I'm doing? Y'all get it? Are y'all getting it? Is anybody getting it? What, What what's the deal? Everybody is going to take one bite, and it's going to be different. But let me, I asked Dave when he did his. Dave ate an apple yesterday ahead of everybody. And I said, Dave, did you put that whole apple in your mouth? How many of you in here stuck that whole apple in your mouth? How many of you in Sarasota? Now, these ain't just great big apples. But how many, is there anybody that put that whole apple in their mouth? Nobody. 
But in order to eat this apple, what did you have to do? You had to take a bite. And who took the bite? You had to take a bite. In order to start getting sustenance, in order to start making it around this apple, in order to start making progress with this apple, what did you have to do? Start taking steps to making this apple go away. Then you can go ahead and eat it if you want to. We'll eat in church. (laughs) Go ahead and take steps. And some people... It's going to take you four bites. Some people it's going to take eight bites. Some people it's going to take ten bites. Some people it's going to take two bites. I don't know. But every person has a measure of faith. And every person's situation is going to be different. But you're not going to fix the problem until you take a bite. You've got to start taking steps toward fixing that situation. And what is the first step that you have to take? You have to have a desire to believe that it can get better. You have to have a desire to believe that God did something for you and that you want it to get better. Now, if you just want people to pity you, and feel sorry for you, and lay around, and pat you on the shoulder, and say, oh, I'll get you a cold cloth. (laughs) What's going to happen to you? You're going to get worse. You're not going to stay sick. You're going to get worse. I was talking with somebody the other day that has a brain tumor, or had one. And they found out about it. And they just quit everything. I said, now, if you do that, it's going to get worse. I said, you've got to get to doing something. I said, or I'm telling you, it's going to consume you and it's going to be bigger than God. You've got to do anything that you can do to get your mind off of that. I said, anything that you can do. You may not can do your normal task. But you've got to do anything that you can do to get your mind back on God and off of that tumor. And they let me know they didn't realize how much they had already done that. How much they had already started just thinking about what the devil wanted them thinking about. And that's the devil's ploy. He wants you thinking about what's wrong with you 24-7. He wants you thinking about how bad your finances are. 24-7. 24-7. He wants you thinking about how bad your kids are. 24-7. He wants you thinking about how bad your job is. How bad your body is. How bad your marriage is. So what do you have to do? You have to find something else or someone else to get your mind off of that. To minister to, to do something else, to get your mind going in another direction. 
That's your first step in believing. How many of you are ready for a first step? How many have not been doing that? Be honest. How many of you have not been doing it? Some of you is honest. The others are. (laughs) He that wavers, let him see that he receives nothing of the Lord. You've got to make a a change in your mentality. You've got to make a change in the way that you're thinking. You've got to make a change in the way that you're doing things. And you've got to decide. I know, and I don't usually tell these stories, but I feel like I need to tell them. When the doctors called, I think they told Keith first. I had just had some stuff done on my mouth. And uh, they called and they told Keith. They said he was there at home. He was sitting behind the desk and... He answered the phone, and and it was uh, the doctor. And they said, we think your wife has MS. He said, he hung up the phone. He said, we don't receive that. So I went to the doctor, and the doctor says, this is what you need to do. Now, I don't tell this all the time. This is what you need to do. You need to go home, and you need to knock out your doorways, and you need to start building ramps, because you're going to need a wheelchair right away within the next year. Now, this was, I don't know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. I don't know. I didn't keep a tab on it because I didn't want tabs on it. But I do remember times that I had to hold on to stuff to get from my living room to my outside. But I refused Refused that's right. That's right. That's right. to get a wheelchair, yeah, that's right. to get a cane, that's right. to lay down in my bed. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I refused mm-hmm. to get online and look it up. That's right. yes, and I refused that's right. to look at those commercials. How many thousands of them come on about it? Mm-hmm. And I refused to talk to people about it. I didn't talk to my family about it. Mm -hmm. I didn't talk to Keith about it. I didn't say, what if? Mm -hmm. I didn't say, maybe. I didn't say, what if you have to do the ministry without me? Mm -hmm. What if I, what if I, what if I? Mm. Now, there were many a days that I came in here that it was tough. But you don't quit. And you don't think about it. And you don't give in to it. Because the minute that you do, if you fall down, what do you do? You get back up. And you don't let the devil say, you have. Because you don't. He has it. You don't. And you remind him of that. I don't have that. You do. And the last time I went to the doctor and had an MRI, they're like, hmm, you have a few more lesions, but we're wondering what's going on. And I'm like, I don't have anything. That's right. They're not ready to say no yet, but they're getting closer all the time. <laughs> all the time. Because it's just a little odd. 
that 20 years later, That's it. That's right. Now, what's going on with you? What's going on with you? Do you say, I have a headache? Oh, I have a headache. I have to lay down. I have a migraine. I've had many a migraine with lesions in your head. Do you lay down and shut your eyes? I can't do my work. I can't. I can't. I can't. Well, maybe you can't for five minutes, but you get up as quick as you can. Yeah, that's it. And maybe you have to take a Tylenol, but you get up as quick as you can. That's right. yes. Yes. You don't shut down, is what I'm trying to tell you. You don't quit. You don't use it as an excuse to not go to church. You don't use it as an excuse to not go to work. Or the devil is going to provide you with many, 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 every Sunday that comes around. You're going to have a migraine. Now, there's this other gentleman I know. He had migraines every single day. I think it was every single day. Am I right? Every single day? And I put him to work. I said, stop it. Got his mind off of it. Told us, I can't remember when I've had a migraine. I've quit taking the medicine. And he was, how many years? Years? Long as as he's known him. And he's known him a long time. He told me that, I can't remember when I've had a migraine. He got his mind off of the problem and onto the Lord. Is God bigger than your problem? Or is your problem bigger than God? He that believes should not perish. But you have to believe. You have to believe. You can't just lay there and say, Oh, I have a headache. Oh, I have MS. Oh, I have a toothache. Oh, I have a... As soon as you can shake it off, get up and go on. Yes, that's right. Don't give in to it. I'm not saying you don't have symptoms. I'm not saying you don't have pain. I'm not saying you don't have a problem. But I'm saying is as soon as you physically can possibly drag your leg out of there, get up and go. I remember, I'm going to tell a story on Dave. When he went off that cliff, Yeah, he's told y'all, hadn't he told y'all? I don't know how much he's told y'all, but it wasn't a pretty sight. Me and Kim didn't think it was a pretty sight. Did we think it was a pretty sight, Kim? No. So he went home and started feeling sorry for himself, made Kim wait on him. Does he tell you that part? No. Sat up in his recliner with his feet propped up and started just not doing much. Till the Lord got on his case and said, you want to stay like this? You want your back to be worse? You want your leg to be worse? Get up from there. Every person in this room, there's not one person in here. 
I, I can go around the room. Hip surgery, this problem, cancer. I can go around the room and name you people in this room that could have quit because of something wrong with them. And the only difference, cancer, a month to live. What is the difference in them and the people that die? Believing and not quitting. Choosing to make a turn and believe. Choosing to make a turn and believe. Because there were times with different ones, I know them all, they didn't believe. Every one of them that I've described tonight just about it didn't believe. Because it was too hard. It's too big of a mountain. But do you know how you get rid of a mountain? Bite by bite. How do you get rid of cancer? Bite by bite. How do you get rid of cancer? Bite by bite. How do you get rid of hip pain? Bite by bite. You just have to face it. You have to at some point say, okay, i got to face it. And then I start taking my steps. Bite by bite by bite. And I do a little bit more today than I could do yesterday. And I do a little bit more today than I could do the day before. And you believe God to help you take that. Maybe you took two steps today. So tomorrow you take two and a half. And the next day you take three. But you have to believe. You have to do something. You, you have to bite the apple. You can't just leave the apple sitting there like this and expect it to get better. And looking at it and say, why ain't I better, God? Why ain't my money situation better? Well, you got to start tithing. How many times has he told you? Give a dollar. Give a penny. Give a nickel. Why don't I have any money, God? Tithe. 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 Start with a bite. That's how you get the mountain to come down. Start with a bite. Start with a bite. How many of you in here can say start with a bite with your finances? How many of you in here started with a bite with your finances? Okay. I'm going to ask you a very bold question. How many of you in here can say start with a bite with your marriage? (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? You have to start. You have to start believing. Instead of just letting the devil steal everything from you, you have to start. You have to take a bite. Okay. Let, let's see. Um, I got I, I got a verse here for you. James. Mark it in your Bible. One, six. NIV. How many of you already know what it says? You should mark it. James, one, six. NIV. But when you ask, you must... Believe and not doubt, 
because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown in the wind. We're believers in here. And we're going to take steps. And we're going to start believing. We're going to close the door to whatever was going on before. And we're going to start believing. We're going to take one bite at a time. Even if it's whoever, who had the little bitty bite over here? You had the little bitty bite? Even if it's just a little bitty bite. Even if it's a baby bite. Now, we had some big bites too. You might can take a big bite. But start somewhere. Okay? Now, I'm going to st- step on somebody's toes in here, but I do it every time, so let's just get ready. So, Kevin, pull your feet up under the thing. And I'll use you for an example because I know it's not true, so we'll just do it. Say something's wrong with Susan. And she's believing God with everything in her being. But she's got to carry Kevin, too. That's tough. Somebody ought to jack him up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, it's like when Kim had cancer, it would have been real bad if Dave wouldn't have been believing with her, if she would have been having Dave tell her, you can't believe for this. You're going to die anyway. Who are you kidding? God can't heal this. There's a lot of cases of that going on. Go stay somewhere else for a little while. Jesus put people out of the house because of their unbelief. Mama said, if you ain't got something good to say, don't say nothing at all. If you can't help somebody with your faith, then don't say anything. And people can tell. Can you tell when I'm in faith? Yeah, you can tell. I get all animated and stuff, you know? Like I'm not always. You can tell when somebody's in faith. Or you can tell when you're just dragging somebody along like they're a sack of flour. When you're not feeling good, you don't need to be dragging somebody along. That's right. Yes, sir. And maybe your spouse isn't a believer. Sometimes you just have to be quiet for a little bit. But if you are a believer, jack your own self up. Because I tell you, the person that is not sick has got just as big a load as the person that is sick. And they need to stay just as built up as the person that is sick. And if you've got family members or friends that are sick, you need to be speaking positive faith over them instead of negative doubt over them. And it's called believing. So believe with people. That's how we're going to win the world. Instead of you going into, say somebody, the reason I'm saying this is because we're, how many going to win the world with me? then don't go to somebody that comes to you and says, I've got cancer, they gave me six months to live, and go, oh, bless your heart. We'll be praying for you. 
Say, no, Jesus is the healer. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he healed yesterday, he'll heal today. I'll send you some books on healing. I'll send you some tapes on healing. It's not too late for you. I know somebody that was healed, and they just had a few months to live or a month to live. And you stir yourself up, and you get a bright face on. Don't go, oh, bless your heart. What do you mean by that anyway? What do you mean? Oh, bless your heart. What, what does that mean? Poor thing? Pity. That's what it means. I pity you. No. I stir you up. I'll help you believe. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I'm going to help you believe. And then I'm going to find out if you're saved. Because I don't want you to go to hell if you did die. And you're going to die in faith. Because we are... We are believers. And every person in here should be believing. Every morning when you wake up, you need to remind yourself that you are a... Believer. Believer. And don't let the devil get in the bed with you and tell you, you can't have a wife. You can't have a wife. You can't have what you believe in for. You can't have a ministry. You can't have a healing. You can't have money. Because all he's trying to do is talk you out of believing. Believing. But we start by taking one bite of the apple at the time. Remember your apple when you start doing something. And think about the steps that you had to take. All right? And if you are sick, don't start thinking about... How many of you ever bought a new house? How many of you ever, before you bought the house, placed all the furniture in it, in your head? Painted it the colors you wanted it. You knew where everything was going to go before you moved in. Yeah. Don't start picking your mansion out in heaven if you're still here on the earth. Huh? You got work to do here. Finish here. You'll have plenty of time to do what you need to do there. Okay? We're believing. We've got work to do here. Let's get it done here. Because he said, uh, let's read... John 3.16, it's Christmas. Right? So we ought to honor him at least at Christmas time for the next, how many days is it till Christmas? You know, three weeks, two weeks? Surely we can believe for two or three weeks, right? All right? John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Don't you know? That it was, lack of a better word, hell for Jesus to come to earth and leave heaven. But he did it for us. That whosoever believes will not perish of any sort. I mean, you don't have to lose a hair on your head. 
If you're losing hair in the morning, say, no, I'm a believer. I don't have to lose this. Because God knows the number of the hairs on my head. Don't let the devil steal stuff from you. Put your feet down. Quit letting him take all your turf. Take it back. Be a believing. Make you a list of things you... You know, we have a vision list. Make you a believing list. What you're going to start believing for. Put it on your mirror in the morning and say, I'm believing for this. Devil, you ain't taking it back. I'm a believer. And I'm going to have this, and I'm going to have this, and I'm going to have this. My healing, my kids, my finances, my dog healed, my cat healed, my mother healed, my window fixed, whatever you're believing for. Quit, quit letting the devil have your stuff. He ain't bigger than God. But God can't do it for you. He's not going to bite that apple for you. You've got to take the bites. Big or small, start taking them. Stand up on your feet. Thank you, Lord. Dave, it's yours. Glory to God. That's a good word. Thank you, Lord. How many want to take a bite tonight? Maybe there's just been a few that, you know, everybody's got something you need to start believing for. We, you know, you just let things slide. You know, you just let it go just a little bit. And the next thing you know, you're not believing for anything. And you're just going along. You're just going along. So just like we bit that apple tonight, let's take a bite. Everybody close your eyes. Raise a hand towards heaven. Pray this with me. Father God, I know you're a good God. And that your son Jesus, the greatest gift ever, came to this earth, died for me, took stripes on his back for my healing. He is my hero. And tonight, I take back turf, areas where the enemy has snuck in, lulled me to sleep, where I've been lazy. I take it back. I take a bite. I receive my healing. I take a bite. I receive my prosperity. I take a bite, my family is whole. I take a bite, I have peace. I take a bite, and I walk with you. I'm a believer, and I do believe. And I begin my journey to receive back anything and everything that the enemy has taken I'll give no ground. Lord, I ask for your help, for your grace, and I receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Amen.